1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. 307
2: DGS. Rachel, did you give that shout out to the guy I met at Schnucks? I did, yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to give my own. So one of the high points of my um, my two weeks off, uh, I, I was at schnooks uh, I, I I don't remember. What it, was. it might have even been pre-Christmas. And I was in the long line, you know, the single file line we're all used to now. And I, I was behind some rando. And then I'm like, oh, I forgot whatever I forgot. And I got out of line. And it sucks. By the time I came back, it was twice as long. And there was this older guy in front of me, and we struck up a conversation, and he was really cool, and we had this really great conversation, and somehow, right toward the end of it, uh, I said something about radio, and he figured something out, and he listens to the show every day, oh, and he's a big KMOX cool. guy, and his name's Jim, he's 85 years old, and he was one of those dapper 85-year-old handsome dudes, uh, which I won't be, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was just really, really cool. That is. It, it's fun when that happens. Yep. Um, before we do Stairway to Kevin I have A couple things Get off my mind uh, Get off my, my chest So Travis Kelsey Is a great Separator of people Right And I've always been Pretty agnostic on him Like he's a hell of a Football player Seems like a funny guy I got no problems With Travis Kelsey And then the the Taylor Swift thing Happened And I couldn't care less Right Fine fine I hope you guys are happy And then I was reading this article Maybe some of you guys Have seen it Where uh, He has a team behind him who are trying to turn him into the next Dwayne Johnson, the rock. We talked about that uh, earlier in the week again. Okay. Good for you. I hope you make it. And the more I read about it, the more it's bothering me. And I have broad enough shoulders to admit it's probably 80% jealousy because he's more everything than I am. uh, And I'm just jealous, but I like him so much less now knowing he has a team knowing they have a strategy, knowing that they're trying to get him to that point of superstardom, and then the whole, like, slipping a friendship bracelet to Taylor Swift seems less sweet and more strategic. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of bugs me. Like, before Taylor, he was a big deal. He's Travis Kelsey. But you probably didn't know him unless you watch, you watch football. And I don't know. It is just me being small and petty and...
3: Jealous. I don't think so because
4: so he went super viral a, a, a month or two ago because people went back and looked at his old tweets and his old tweet. He spells squirrel in a crazy yeah, way. I right. can't spell anything. And it's always like one of his tweets was like, I can't wait for rock and roll class. And everyone's like, where did you go to school? <laughs> like and that and that really endeared uh, uh, people to him. And then you have the you know, like you said, like he just it seems like he just kind of fell into dating the most famous uh, woman on the planet and. You know, he just seems like a a, a charming guy yeah. who loves to play football, and I think it's a lot it's a lot less endearing to have somebody say like, "Oh yeah, no, we are we are working uh we are working eighty hours a week yeah. to turn this man into yeah. the biggest star on the planet." When it, it the thing that was endearing about him was that he was just a a dumb himbo who fell into this super relationship and golly gee whiz, and so to find out it, it all it all just seems. The thing that people liked about him was how genuine it all seemed, and now it all seems a whole lot less genuine.
5: Yeah, it's just overexposure. That's all it is. I mean, like, when most of the world wasn't exposed to him, or if you were, it was because of a highlight from a football game. That's a different thing than it being everywhere all the time. It's the same thing that happens with Taylor Swift. Every, the, the dislike is, oh, my God, I'm sick of this. It's not, man, why do people listen or whatever. It's, it's God, can we just talk about something else? I think that's, I, that's where I am with a guy like Kelsey
2: being where I am in life. I'm 59. Uh, I think I want to do this another 10 years if the audience wants me to, which is a pretty long time to do this. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But looking back 24 years, I have not been aggressive. You know, like I asked Charlie Brennan once years ago, Hey, can I get on Donnie Brook? He's like, absolutely. I never ask again. They never called me. Uh Travis Kelsey's dating Taylor Swift and hosting SNL because he has a team behind him. I can't even get on friggin' Donnie Brooke, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's my fault. It's my fault that I'm not Brian Kilmeade or Joe Rogan. I think I'm as good as those guys. I really do. Uh, there are things in life that I'm terrible at. I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty realistic. Like, you know, wheels being a, an athlete, I was a track athlete. That's even more empiric, right? right?
5: There's a measurement, right? I know
2: I'm not going to beat the guy next to me. Right, right. Because he's going to run 10-1 and I'm going to run 10-9. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty realistic. I think I'd go toe-to-toe with a lot of people in my business, but I never tried. I never hired a team. I've never had a publicist. I've never had an agent. Because I thought, you know what? For a kid from South Roxanna, this is pretty good. You have a really good local career and you're getting paid an XYZ, mm-hmm. and I am jealous. Oh, don't be. But I am. I'm jealous and mad at myself for not being more aggressive and hi- hiring PR people in yeah. a little bit. What
5: people don't realize is how many people do those things, and they don't make it. You spend all that time, and you spend a big bunch of your income on an agent and on people that are going to market you, and you end up right where you were anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you any of us wouldn't. I'm just saying that there are lots of people who try to do it who don't because so much of it is just right place, right time. And I, I like for example, I've always felt that way about Colin Coward. I, I don't, I don't usually mention other media guys. I've always thought, Jesus, I can do that job. All he does is spew dumb hot takes, and but somebody who was an executive at ESPN 20 years ago, 25 years ago, heard him, thought, that's my guy. And that's it. It's that simple. It's one person thinking, that's my guy. So you could put in all the time and all that other stuff, and I've seen it. I got friends that tried all that stuff, and they end up either out of the business or right where they started anyway. I'd say that there's a lot more because you are that good. I don't, there's no, I would listen to you way before I would listen. I'm not trying to insult Brian Kilmeade, but I would listen to you before I'd listen to anything from Brian Kilmeade. Unfortunately, by the way, is on at four, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: I'll tell him Looking that too. I, to don't you, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Don't,
5: don't, hey, don't, you sorry. know what, Brian? Dave's better than you. <laughs> but I, I think that there are forces that play into all business like this that you can try as hard as you want if you're not in the right place at the right time, meeting the right person. Good luck.
6: And, and yeah, and how much would that? I mean, that has been. Your, if you have a brand, Dave, it has been like well, I don't know how I ended up here, but I, sh- but I sure <laughs> did. If you had a team working on that brand, I mean, how disingenuous would that feel? I feel like you would have well, less success. And if it's you all done relative that
2: stuff. Because I promise you, there are people out there listening now who have listened in the past who are like, "I'm funnier than this guy. I'm smarter than this guy. Absolutely, I should be the one with the show." Yep. And they're probably right. Maybe. I remember, God, 20 years ago having this conversation with J.C. Corcoran. J.C. and I have always gotten along, always been good friends. And he was – J.C. relates to you in anger, even when you're friends with him. And I remember him yelling at me one time because we're having a conversation like this back then. And he was like, when did being a big deal in a major market become not good enough? Because that's back when syndication was just kind of getting big. And I'm like, oh, I should be syndicated. And I remember, I think it was at the Air Awards, uh, he was kind of yelling at me. He's like, why isn't this enough? Mm-hmm. It used to be that being a big deal in a major market was the the brass ring. That was, that was enough. But I guess it's, you know, whether it's this or sports or being a doctor or whatever it is, that let's say that you're a— uh, very well-respected surgeon in town. You make enough money to have a really good upper-middle-class life, but your buddies are opening up offices all over the country, and now they're multimillionaires, and you're like, oh, I could have done that.
5: But are they happy?
2: Yeah, but the rest of us would, my point is the yeah. rest of us would go like, you're
6: a you are a brain surgeon. Yeah. You make a million dollars a year. Shut up. Yeah. Is that, maybe this is a dumb question, but is that relatively new in the past, like, 50, 60, 70 years? you feel like? we have stopped taking enough as enough and it's like the culture is just, you got to push it farther. Like whether or not you're satisfied, you got to keep pushing because that's just kind of what Americans do. Probably. Yeah.
5: I know. I'm sure it's the same in, in news talk as it was in sports, but to do that, basically you have to be a job hopper. You got to move every year or two. You got to change. I mean, I didn't want any of that. I, I knew I would be happier not doing that. And you know, sometimes and the people, by the way, God love them if they're happy doing that. I knew I would not be. And I chose my profession because I wanted to have fun and be happy and have an enjoyable life. I didn't choose it because there's only one place for me to end up.
2: Yeah. Well, that's why I hate that Kevin O'Leary a-hole. Yeah. Where he came out, and I think, it's, I think he's playing a part because he wants more money. But he came out a month or two ago and he said, like, family doesn't count. Kids don't count. People around you don't count. Being rich is the only thing that counts. You trade your family, you trade your kids, you trade everything you have to trade to get more money. That's what he said. And everyone's like, You're evil, and he doubled down, and now he's a way bigger star than he was. I've just I don't know. That that yep. makes me want to puke. Yep. Anywho.
6: <laughs>
2: good talk. All right, good talk. Good thing we're not on the air right now. We're just
1: practicing.
2: 322 DJs pretty day out there. Uh Dave Murray will be with us at the bottom of the hour. Brian Kilmead, who I'm better than, will be with us at uh, the top of the hour.
4: <laughs> and we're going to get real. I got you back, Dave. Them. Thank you.
2: Wheels and I found another way to separate humans. Uh we're walking out on the break and I put my uh, <laughs> I put my phone in my pocket, the back pocket like normal human beings do and he goes, "What are you doing?" You put your pocket in your back pocket? And I'm like, yeah, where the hell do you put it, freak? And he's like, front pocket. I'm like, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> I, I got
4: a side with wheels. Yeah. I, if, yeah. I put
6: it, if I put you it too? in the back pocket. No, I put it in the back pocket. Yeah, like I knew I liked percent. you
4: better. If I put it in the back pocket, th- 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 this thing's crushing whatever. Is near. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a phone <laughs> anymore. Well, what did I say it? to you? That's what I said. I don't want to sit on it. The, fir- the first time I make a slip of the mind, uh, which I do all the day constantly, I'm sitting on this thing and no more phone
6: you' think he would ruin your phone I don't think so I, I think, think I he'd would be fine. Squi- I
5: think I would squish that bad boy yeah <laughs> I just want to know that it's right there so I can see any threats to my phone coming it's right in front of me
6: Hmm. Okay. Well, women don't typically, like women's jeans don't typically have pockets yeah. that are mm. deep enough for a, that just, That's, that's a great long. point. That explains it. Right. I wear yep. women's jeans. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> no <laughs> back pockets <laughs> either. I don't
4: want to glaze over that Wheeler did the thing again like he did when I was driving him where he's like, oh, you have to be aware of yeah, in your car on all Something's sides. Something's coming at you. You got to protect your phone. Like, oh, you that's be- a
5: baseball thing, though. I always get hit by baseballs when I'm coaching.
4: I would think the People throw baseballs. No, they get hit and they throw. And
5: people, listen, I got news for you. Fourteen-year-olds don't always throw the ball where they want to. Sometimes it goes in different places.
2: You Want to hear the dumbest thing I'm looking at on eBay right now? What's that? Catcher's mitts. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, got a really
5: good one. Okay. Oh, I
2: bet you do. Yeah,
5: but I, I, I also have a really old one.
2: See, that's the thing. I'm obsessed with finding stuff I had as a kid. Okay. And I had a blue catcher's mitt, and on the little thing right here, it had a red, white, and blue thing. I don't know what brand it was. I'm sure an Off one. And suddenly that's my new white elephant.
6: Speaking of things that you had when you were a kid, I had a Dave Glover moment on TikTok earlier today. I'm just scrolling through and I found this account Uh, It's it's about Polly Pockets. It's like vintage Polly Pockets. And they just basically showcase these old Polly Pocket toys. And I'm like, I wonder if they had the one that I had. My first one I ever had. Went to the page, found it. It was from 1994. And when I was watching the video and I could see the toy, I got a chill down my spine. I was so (laughs) excited. I was just like, that's my Polly Pocket toy. (laughs) I
2: wonder if Mm. most people are like us. Or if most people are not. Like, Mark Close, we've mentioned a couple times today, is uh, famously non-emotional about things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, he's a drummer. And I said, well, what if you could get Ringo Starr's drum kit? He's like, I would love it because I would sell it for a million dollars, but I wouldn't care if it was just in my basement.
5: Okay.
4: But he, and we know this, is a psychopath. Uh, he, <laughs> I, I think it is not normal to have zero emotional connection of any kind. Uh, I think the normal thing is to is to be like, oh, man, yeah, no, that was my favorite toy. And I would think about it at school, and I'd be so excited when I got home and I got to play with it again, or I was so excited when I got it for Christmas or whatever. I think that's the normal thing, not like, what's it worth to you?
2: I had one of my best ones over the break. When I was about four years old, uh, we lived next door to the Opals forever. And my mom and uh, Nola Opal were best friends and they, they you know, we'd go to her house. She'd come to our house, blah, blah, blah. And we were walking over to Nola's house one day and I had a little frog man, like a diver. And I dropped it and I never found it again. And I knew right where I dropped it. I never found that guy ever again. And I figured I just made the whole thing up in my brain. And so one day having the uh, uh, full exciting life I do, I was like, you know, Googling like frogmen from the 60s and I'll be damned I found it. Nice. nice. And it was just like you, the Polly Pockets. It was like your brain resets. You're just like, no. But it all comes flooding back, which fascinates me because I'm fascinated by the human brain that that guy was in there. He was in there yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he just needed like the right synapse to be tickled. Yep. Visually to go. I oh remember everything gosh. about it now.
7: Yep.
5: It's cool.
6: It was the 1994 Polly Pocket Dinner Party edition. If anyone would like to well, look it up,
5: guarantee. Yeah, we probably had those. My
4: daughter probably had those. <laughs> yeah, really. I remember telling you, Rachel, that when I was a kid, one of my favorite toys was Lilith's Pet Shop.
6: Yeah, Lilith Pep. Shop. L- Can I just say what this? am I trying to say? The Lilith Pep Shop.
5: And all I got to say is that something from 1994 should not be called vintage. <laughs> yeah. Even though it is well, it, yeah, technically yeah, yeah. like it's just wrong because well, like, I'm old.
2: What's oldies now? I mean, okay, on what? an oldie station. I don't know. Oldies? Like 70s and 80s. I,
5: you know what? Oh, I, don't, I bet you it's. No, I bet it's still 50s and no, things like that. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. No.
2: Oh, no, I bet there are Because like classic
5: rock is like 70s, 80s, 90s. I don't mean this to be disparaging of Clue.
2: Radio, but is Clue still like kind of oldies, or is it more like KZK? It's more 1, like NDA? it's
6: more like KZK. Okay, mm-hmm.
2: so if there was a Clue, like what I grew up with, I bet, I bet, I bet you, '80s are considered oldies now. Oh yeah, they they are to the people who are only thirty. Well, yeah, of course.
4: I mean, the '80s were 1984
2: was a long time ago. But a lot of that labeling
5: ago. is about what the people that are your target audience are going to think. Yeah. Right, if you said oldies to me, I right. I'm, I'm thinking Elvis and
2: But what about people who were listening to Clue 15 years ago and it was a huge station mm, when it yeah. was oldies. They didn't back away from that. Mm. You know? Yeah. People back then must not have been as sensitive as we are. <laughs> <laughs> like, hell yeah, it's oldies.
7: <laughs>
3: 336
2: DGS and KMOX. Uh I always seem to reference the weather when Dave's on. I, it's not intentional, I promise you. Uh, but it's gorgeous right now. I have been sun-starved. You guys? Yeah. Can I oh, feel yeah. the same way? Oh, yeah. Dave, where you guys are living now, is it like sunny 90% of the time? Mm,
7: 80% of the time.
2: And do you ever get
7: tired of it and miss yes. it? Yes. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I'm a weather guy. Yeah, yes, I absolutely. I like the action.
2: Do you, uh, have you ever, tra- <laughs> it's going to sound stupid. Have you ever traveled kind of for bad weather?
7: Uh, like I I'm going to the mountains uh, for some snow or I'm going to. No, not really. Professionally I have, but mm-hmm. not, not, um, no, no. Would I've you, done, it- I've done ski trips before and, and I've done them when it was like the middle of winter and, and it was like, Oh, let's go r- learn how to ski. And our son was about five, six years old at the time. It seemed to be good. And we had a blast. We went out to Utah, had a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. But it was like you get back and you realize, I still got half a winter to go through. That was a mistake. I know that you have
2: said many times how much you loved... Spending your career in St. Louis, not just because of the people in the stations, but the weather. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when All you When you watch the local guys where you live, do you ever go like, whatever, try doing this oh, in St. Yeah. Louis? Yeah.
7: I, there's there's one guy in L.A. I've known for years. And, uh, he's become a bit of a cartoon character of himself. And that's yeah, always fun. That happens. I, I, I like doing that.
2: That's so that's really that's an interesting take, Dave, like everyone in media, myself included, has to be really careful of that, don't you? That you don't become a caricature of yourself.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I think you you could buy into the hype. You can buy into a lot of stuff. And then I think as you work longer and longer and longer in the business, it's easy to kick into an autopilot. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. If you do that, then you become this very strange person to watch. How are you,
2: Dave, at taking criticism from bosses or from colleagues or from consultants?
7: Um, I was really lucky when, when it came to consultants. Uh, the only interaction I had with a consultant was the first six months I was on the air. So this goes back to 1976. And my general manager, guy I love, Ray Karpowitz, said, I'm going to send you up to Frank Maggot, who is a big consultant in television and radio up in Iowa, because I want you to go up there, I want you to listen to them, and I want you to walk out the door and forget absolutely everything they said to you, because <laughs> I don't want you to change at all. Interesting. Yeah, and he was a godsend. It was just a godsend. So I, I learned to deflect that kind of information. I love to hear from viewers and listeners, as long as it's constructive, Um, and as far as bosses and stuff, sure. Absolutely. You have to listen to it.
2: The very first time I spoke to a consultant and this was a big deal guy in radio. I think he's still going. And, uh, (laughs) and I remember the, the first thing he said to me, he goes, I got a bit for you. This is gold. So what you do is, you know how they put the, the lunches, the, the local elementary school lunches in the paper every day. I'm like, I guess so. He's like, you read those, but here's the thing. You do it comically with some comedic music behind you. Uh? And I was just like, what the hell are you talking about?
5: That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Is it the hold music from Amy? Yeah.
2: And I remember saying to Jeff Allen, I'm like, this guy's a consultant? Like, I'm going to go be a consultant if all you need are stupid ideas. <laughs> did,
5: he, did he tweak a horn after he said it? He's like... Yeah, and that's the last guy they ever had me talk to. <laughs> but, I,
2: but I bet you in, in 2001, there were... Hundreds of radio personalities reading the local of lunch course. menus yeah. to yes. funny music.
7: I'm sure Man Cow yep. was doing it. Yeah, especially really small markets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what are we looking like for the rest of the week, Dave? Still, still looking at three weather systems over the next couple of days. Not you know a lot of clouds around overnight tonight. A lot of clouds on Friday. I think Friday is basically a dry day. 42. The first system, and again, the first one is very weak. A little bit of light rain and wet snow around Friday evening, Friday night into early Saturday morning. Do not expect much from it. Otherwise, mostly cloudy on Saturday, 42. The second system, even weaker, couple of sprinkles, couple of snow flurries around Saturday night. Nothing to be concerned about. And then Sunday is partly to mostly cloudy at 42 degrees. Still have my eyes on this system we've been talking about for Monday night, probably Let's say Monday night and Tuesday, really focused on Tuesday than anything else. Still out over the Pacific, we'll start to get land-based samples on this thing over the next 24 to 48 hours. That's going to help us, but we really don't get a lot of help until it gets over the Rockies and into the Texas Panhandle. But there's going to be cold air in place, marginal cold, but cold. And then there's questions of how quick this thing will develop. Will it just bomb out or will it just kind of meander by? Still a ton of questions. I do think that, let's think in a line from Lake of the Ozarks to Columbia, to Quincy, up to Springfield, Illinois, draw that line in your mind. That's probably the place that's going to see the most snow out of this. And it could be a substantial snow. In St. Louis, rain, some sleet, some ice, starting the system out on monday evening and then mainly rain monday night into tuesday morning and then on the back side of the system we should kick over to some snow and some accumulation is possible but i don't want to put any numbers on this thing it's just too too far out one thing we can talk about we talked a little bit about it yesterday with the long-range forecast i do see a really strong arctic blast of cold air coming in around the 18th of January and a second one around February 15th. Don't hold me exactly to those dates, but it gives you an idea. There's two blasts of cold air coming into the middle of the country. Big questions of, it, will there be snow with that, or is it just going to be too cold and dry? Mm-hmm. But but it really does look like some some impressive winter temperatures coming in here by the middle of January and, again, the middle of February, each one lasting about 10 days.
2: Yeah, I'm a little bit of a freak. I, I kind of still live my life like I'm in third grade, and I especially dress that way. <laughs> but I've not worn a coat yet. Have you guys?
6: Yeah, I wear one every day. Yep.
7: No, really. I'm-, You're more like a hoodie. Yeah, I'm a hoodie. Yeah. December was like, well, that's not... A, is a hoodie a coat? No. No, I don't think so.
6: But a zip-up hoodie could be used as a jacket.
7: Yeah. <laughs>
5: I, think, <laughs> details, I, I
6: don't know. How do you guys... De- because yeah. like
5: <laughs> zips or buttons usually are on coats, right? But they're yeah. also on hoodies. Like, you could have a zip-up the hoodie. The last
2: coat I bought yeah. was a mistake. It was uh, a big I'm-a-sheep-herder <laughs> coat.
5: Yeah, You know, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. and I uh, wore it to El Monstero last year, meeting Nick and his friend Will, and I got in the line. I noticed everyone's looking at me, and then I realized what I looked like was if Lenny Kravitz became a sheepherder. And... <laughs> I'm neither Lenny Kravitz or a sheep herder, and I just looked stupid, and then I put it in my lap when we sat down, and I couldn't see over it, so I'm like,
6: okay.
5: <gasps> I mean, I have several big coats, like, but it's got to be really cold for me to bust them out to go to work.
6: I don't know why, but I, I just pictured you in a coat, and all I could see was Kenny from South Park.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: he talks the same amount, but he's but it's the muffle. So it yeah. no. It's so funny, because
2: <laughs> I, I know that there are people out there in every generation that they're like, my 12-year-old refuses not only to wear a coat, but, like, he wants to wear shorts every day, like, yeah. Yeah. during the yeah, winter, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can't criticize. I'm the same way at 59. <laughs> the difference is no one can tell me to do
5: it. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> But I'm never outside. No, no, it's like you and I are in the same position, though. Like, on a
4: coat before you go outside.
5: If I'm gonna be outside, I'm gonna wear a coat. But if I'm just going from my house to my garage to my car to the garage here to the work, why do I need a coat? Right,
7: exactly. I agree with that 100%. Although
2: we both should keep a coat in the car.
7: I do have stuff in the car for baseball. Yeah,
2: yeah, not me.
6: Uh we're gonna do a couple of headlines, right? Sure. Headlines is brought to you by Schnooks. Get personalized savings delivered to you in an instant with the Schnooks Rewards app. So let's see here. I'll skip that story. Chris Christie says, I won't pardon Trump if I become president. He was asked uh, Wednesday if he would pardon the former president because Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis said they would. He said, no, 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 no. The person has to accept responsibility for what they did. Do you think Donald Trump will ever accept responsibility for anything he did?
2: Good. I was really disappointed when both Haley and uh, DeSantis said that they would pardon him. Uh, I obviously don't like Donald Trump, but even if I if I did, uh, I don't think that's what a pardon's for. And I could be persuaded that it's the best thing for the country. I could be persuaded that, look, I know what the guy did and I know this and I know this, but we don't want to be putting ex-presidents in jail. I could be persuaded of that. Maybe I'm too emotional about it, but I think it's a little early. To, and to me, it's just they're clearly trying to get the Donald Trump voter. And I just don't like anything like that. Yeah. something that's just so contrived. I
5: mean, how would you? How could you say that you, you would pardon somebody in advance of hearing the case against them?
2: That's a good point.
5: I, right? would I mean, say. that's the part that I don't like. Also, I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. Why does one person get to pardon somebody for whatever reason they want?
2: It does seem like yeah. an archaic rule. Yeah,
5: mm. like it's not 1800 anymore. Let's maybe, I don't know, spread out the responsibility on that a little bit. Mm. I feel
4: I, you. I would bet money that if Trump gets convicted, Biden pardons him. Really? I really strongly think that. Hmm. I think he'll be like, it's a it's a unity <clears> move because I hmm. think, I don't think he should, but I think that that's, Where the Democrats are, where they just don't understand what they should and shouldn't do. If there's
2: any part of him that's doing it so that people like him, he's making a mistake. Mm -hmm. Because the Trump people are never gonna like him, Uh even if they if he does that. And the non
4: Trump people are really gonna hate him for doing that. But I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do his whole like I said unity. It's a I'm doing this. But if he's
5: gonna do that, it's gonna be after the election.
6: Yeah.
5: Oh, Oh, yeah. Which means he can't run again after that anyway, so who gives a crap? That's a good point. Yeah.
6: One more? Yeah, 6 in 10 Americans earned more than they did last year. This is according to new analysis from the Center for American Progress. 57% of workers earned higher inflation-adjusted wages in November compared to one year before.
5: I'm kid- Good for them. I saw, I watched a, a, um, a woman who is a PhD in economics explain, talk about all these, the indicators in the economy are great. These numbers are good. They forecast a strong future. This is a good economy. And then she said, but there's also a large group of people that aren't benefiting from it, that aren't seeing that and are very angry about that portrayal. Mm-hmm. And she basically said like, the, there's never been a bigger gap between the indicators that mm-hmm. we use to judge whether or not the mm-hmm. economy is good and how many people are actually benefiting from and feeling that. Yeah.
2: Was there like the more the more successful you are, the better? You know what I'm trying to oh, say? Oh,
5: there's, it's for sure that yes, okay, yes. Uh, she didn't define it that way, um, but yeah, if if essentially if you're not like in the stock market, right? If you're yeah. not. You know, if you're not at the high end earnings and you're not like saving and putting
2: for a wage and paycheck to paycheck, you're not doing any
5: better. You're right because wages have not gone up, uh, uh, gone up enough on average, but apparently they've gone up at least with higher end jobs.
2: God, I made a mistake. So over the break, I took an old 401k from the past company and turned it into an IRA. I don't even know what that stands for. Uh, but then like the last month, if you have a 401k or you're in the stock market, you know it's done really well. We were setting records. And I am look- and I'm started looking at it like once a day. And you're like, oh, it's bigger. And then I started looking at it like 10 times a day. Well, the last couple of days it's gone down. I'm like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. It's like I can't
7: even don't do that. take nope. anything
2: out for years.
7: Maybe nope. so. once a year. Yep. You have to review it once a year.
2: Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. You got it. All right. Once again, I left my time myself no time. Coming up at the top of the hour, we have Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends, who I'm better than. And uh, we will talk about all sorts of things. Uh, I think we're going to start with sports. That'll be
3: fun. And the ways I'm better. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?